Welcome to King Salman and the Stoics, a project of denverkolel.org. In this episode, we're going to try and unpack some of the root elements of evil. In doing so, hopefully we'll increase the tools in our arsenal to deal with the challenges of life and live successfully. Let's begin with a very interesting conversation we find in Sanhedrin, in the Talmud and Sanhedrin, that took place between the Roman Emperor Antoninus and Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi, Rabbi Judah the Prince, who organized the Mishnah. Now, parenthetically, who was this Antoninus? Historians are undecided. Perhaps he was Marcus Aurelius. Perhaps he was Mark Antony. It's not clear. In any case, from the Talmudic sources, it seems that Antoninus and Rebbe had a very close relationship. So much so that Tosos to Avodazara relates a fascinating story that at birth, Rebbe was circumcised, and that was something that was forbidden under the Roman laws. And they were summoned, Rebbe's parents were summoned to bring him to the Roman emperor. On the way, Rebbe met Antoninus's mother, who was a Roman noblewoman, and she took pity on Rebbe and took pity on Rebbe's mother and switched her son, who turned out to be the Roman emperor Antoninus many years later, she switched her son with Rebbe so that, Re- so that Rebbe's circumcision would go undiscovered, thereby saving Rebbe's life. That's a very fascinating side note. But back to our conversation. Antoninus asked Rebbe the following, When does the evil inclination appear in the human being? Rebbe responded, It appears at the moment of conception. Antoninus challenges Rebbe and he said, If the evil inclination would appear at the moment of conception, then the baby would not stick around for nine months. The baby would leave much, much earlier. It would kick its way out of the womb. Rebbe responded, You are right. And he supported it from a verse that says that the evil inclination or indicates that the evil inclination is present in the person from the opening, which he understood from Antoninus's words to mean the opening of the womb. What's the deeper meaning of this conversation? We have to understand that one of the root elements of evil is the concept of entitlement, where a person walks around with a sense that they're complete, that they're deserving of everything it is that they set their eyes upon. When a person is in the process of development, then they understand they haven't yet arrived. They're still working to get there, whatever the there is, but they're in process. They're developing. Their focus is on bringing out and expressing their potential. Their focus is not necessarily on just bringing in things around them into their orbit, into their lives, filling up their stomach, filling up their bank account, filling up whatever it might be, whatever physical drives and desires they might have. So we have two types of people, but that's not really correct. We have two drives, two aspects of the human personality. They're both present in every person. It doesn't really define two different people, of course, You can find some people who are more dominant in one than the other. Some people have developed their good side and some people unfortunately have developed their negative side. But these two root elements are, one, the sense of entitlement, the sense of I am me and now everything else should come to me. Everything should come into my orbit, that sense of entitlement. And the other side, we have the sense of development where the focus is outward. The focus is on taking what's in me and expressing it and looking to develop. 
It's fascinating how we'll see in a moment, based on the verses at the end of chapter 4 in Ecclesiastes, Kohelet, how the evil inclination the sages tell us is present at birth, as we saw in the conversation between Rebbe and Antoninus. However, the good inclination, what we call the Yetzer Tov, only shows up when a, when a young lad, when a child turns 12 or 13, respectively, for a boy and a girl. What's the meaning of this? Perhaps we might look at it this way. A baby is needy. At that moment, the evil inclination shows up. The baby has no sense of developing. The baby has a simple, simple way of looking at the world. I exist and I have needs. I'm hungry. I'm this. I'm that. I have needs and I'm going to express those needs and scream and yell until those needs are met. That's a very simplistic perspective on the world that the baby has. At that moment, the evil inclination shows up and is present for the rest of life. Because that's what the evil inclination says. The evil inclination says to the person, you just are. That's it. You are. Now you have needs and the world needs to fill those needs. You need to look to the world to fill your needs. You are something. You're an entity. You're a person. Now the world needs to make you happy. That's the evil inclination. That's why he shows up at birth. He shows up when the child is mostly about needs. It's mostly about the world filling the child's needs. The child cannot express anything. The child doesn't give much at that time. However, at the moment of adulthood, when a young child reaches a certain stage in adulthood at 12 or 13, at that moment, the child looks forward to a world. They look forward to expressing themselves. They look forward to developing their potential. Yes, of course, the evil inclination is still there. He's there from birth. Of course, they have needs and wants and desires and drives that they look to fill. But at that moment, there begins a process of development or there's a certain maturation of the process of development where the child begins to think, what am I about? What can I bring to the world? What can I express? That is when the Yetzer HaTov, the good inclination, enters the storyline enters the narrative because the good inclination is about giving. It's about a person bringing forth their God-given potential. It's about a person shining forth the light that comes to them from above. That's the good inclination. That's the other side of the coin. So evil is a sense of entitlement, sense of completion, and now let the world serve me. Good is a process of giving, a process of bringing forth potential to give out into the world, to express the divine light, the unique divine light that each and every person, each and every individual has. Let's take a look here at the verses in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 13. It is better the wise young child than the elderly cunning king who does not know how to be careful. And the verses continue, because this elderly king came out from the prison to, to reign. He came out from prison to rule. The evil inclination is an elderly king. He's there from the very beginning. He's 13 or 12 years older than the good inclination. And again, the depth of that statement it's not simply that we call him old, we call him as a cane, we call him elderly because he's 12 years older than the good inclination. 12 years is not all that long. The depth of it is that he believes he's developed. The evil inclination says, I am old, meaning I'm fully developed. 
the good inclination is a child. It believes in potential. It believes in development. It believes in bringing forth the light of Hashem to the world around. That's the good inclination. But the evil inclination comes out of the prison to rule because it comes out of a prison of drives and desires. While it appears to be a king upon a throne ordering and demanding and commanding the world around it to serve it, the truth is that it, the, this evil inclination is in prison and it imprisons the people that it impacts because the evil inclination is all about drives, desires, and needs and it doesn't allow the true free spirit of the human being to come out. It does not allow the true free spirit of the human being to develop. And the verse goes on to say because his kingship, even in his kingship he was born impoverished. The word for impoverished that the verse uses is rush, which Ramosha David Vali points out. If we add the letter ayin, which we know when you spell it out means I, if we add the I to the impoverished state of the child, we have a recipe for disaster. That recipe for disaster is the Hebrew word rasha, which means someone who's evil. Because when you take a person who's impoverished, when you take a baby who just has needs, and then the baby develops and grows, and now it opens its eyes and it can see, and it sees a world out there and it says, I want. That is evil. That's Russia. Adding the I to the impoverished state of the baby creates evil. And the verse goes on to say, I saw all the living that traveled under the sun, that they too were under the control of the evil inclination. And there's a strange reference here that we'll get back to soon. It speaks of a second child. The verse says, I saw all the living under the sun together with the second child that they stood beneath the dominion of the evil, cunning, elderly king. And we'll get back to that soon. But in the meantime, the point that the verse means to, means to make here is that I saw all the living under the sun and everyone was under the control of the evil inclination. There isn't any one person who escapes the drives, the traps that the evil inclination sets up before man. The greatest of people, the greatest of people are challenged. The verse goes on to say there's no end to the, to the people, to the masses. Those who came before and those who are going to come after, they don't have joy. They all are subject to the futility and the vexation of spirit of the evil inclination. That is the state of the human being. We're all subject to the challenges that the evil inclination provides. Now, obviously, God placed the evil inclination here to challenge us, to force us, to encourage us, to develop our potential. Because, as the, as the great Rabbi Shalom Shradran pointed out in a, in a parable, it's no big deal to go onto the football or soccer field and go throw a, a tremendous pass or kick a goal. There's no opposition. The way you achieve greatness is by facing opposition and bringing forth the potential, the energy to overcome that opposition. The verse goes on to say, guard your feet. When you go to the house of the Lord, when you go to the house of God, and remember that it is much closer to listen than it is to give gifts and sacrifices. And the wicked don't know that they're doing evil. And what this means perhaps is that the entitled, when they do engage in acts of service to God, 
when the entitled people, when people who live with a sense of entitlement, a sense that they're complete and now the world needs to serve them, when they engage in service to God, they think, oh, what can I do for God? I can give Him something. I can bring a sacrifice and offering. They don't realize that what God wants of us is that we listen. We don't have anything that we can give God. We receive everything we have is from Him. What He wants from us is to listen. What He wants from us is to absorb His Torah, to absorb His light and to bring that forth, to give that out. He wants us to listen. He wants us to be a receptacle. He wants us to be an open vessel that can receive from above. That's what God wants of us. God doesn't need our sacrifices, our gifts necessarily. God wants us to listen. Obviously, there's a time and a place for sacrifices, and there's a level that that expresses, a level of listening, a level of opening up, a level of where a person can express through the sacrifice how much they owe their Creator. And certainly there's a place for that. But King Solomon warns us not to focus and think that when we show up, when we pray, when we give charity, whatever it is that we think we're doing, our religious expression, so to speak, we think, oh, okay, I've done something for God. No, that's not the case. The point is, Hashem, God, wants to do for us. He wants us to open ourselves up. He wants us to realize that we're a vessel to develop, to shine His light, and there's so much more we can always do, never to lose track and think we've arrived, we're done, now we're entitled. That's a mistake. The wicked, Solomon says, don't even realize they're doing themselves the greatest disservice. The person who has a sense of entitlement, they're the ones who lose out the most. Because they fail, they lose the chance to really develop their potential, to become the person they were created to be. Let's go back to that strange wording of verse 15. The verse said, Solomon says, I saw all the living who traveled under the sun, together with the second child, who stood instead of him. Or That's one way of reading it, another way of reading it. Together with the second child, who stood under the dominion of the evil inclination. So again, two ways to read the verse. One is, I saw all the living under the sun, who together with the second child were under the dominion of the evil inclination, or together with the second child who stood instead of him. Presumably, the evil inclination. Let's see. Who is the second child? It's so ambiguous. The commentaries barely, barely give us a hint who the second child is. If we look at the Targum at the Aramaic translation, who brings us a Midrashic interpretation. We get a hint, but at first glance it seems like a Midrashic interpretation has nothing to do with the subject matter. But upon further reflection, it gives us a very, very deep understanding analysis of our subject and of the simple reading of the verses. The Targum relates that we know historically we have King David. King David's son was King Solomon who wrote this book. King Solomon had a son and his name was Rechavam. And Rechavam had a dilemma. He faced a dilemma when he first rose to the throne. And the dilemma was the people were upset. Solomon had increased their taxes and they wanted a break. And they came to Rechavam, Solomon's son, and they asked for a tax break. They asked that he lighten the load that the king had placed on the people. Rechavam asked two groups of advisors for advice. He asked the elders for advice, and the elders said, Yes, you should lighten the load on the people. You should serve the people with devotion 
and they in turn will serve you with devotion. But when he asked his friends, when he asked his young friends, some commentaries say they weren't really advisors, they weren't wise people, they just were his friends. He was young, they were young, they were his friends. He asked them for advice and they said, no, you need to come on strong, you need to show your leadership, you need to display strength. And so Rechavim came out and said, I will not lighten your load, to the contrary, I'm going to increase your load. And the book of Kings relates that there was a fellow, his name was Yeravam ben Avat. He had challenged Solomon. He had challenged some of Solomon's evil acts, which the, the sages and, and the prophets take Solomon to task for having married the daughter of the Pharaoh. And Yeravam came and he chastised Solomon for opening up part of the city of David to allow a flow of people to come and serve the daughter of Pharaoh. And Yeravim came and challenged Solomon. As a result, he had to run away. But when Solomon died, he returned. And he was somewhat of a leader. And he, the people appointed him to be their king. Yeravim, God, in fact, had, had told the prophet, who had then told Yeravim that this would occur, and now Yeravam came along and he took control of the majority of the Jewish nation. He took control of the ten tribes. And Rechavam in Yerushalayim was left with a very, very small percentage of the Jewish people. A very small percentage of the level of power that his father Solomon and his grandfather David had had. So if we think about it for a second, the Targum says that the second child we're talking about here, if I understood the Targum correctly... It is a bit ambiguous, but if I understood correctly, the second child is Yeravam. Rechavam fascinatingly turns to the young people, but the young people fail to give the advice that a young person should really feel in their heart. And this is the tragedy of youth. Because youth should be a time when a person realizes that they have tremendous potential and they need to go to work to bring it forth. They're not entitled. They should serve the people like the elders encouraged Rechavim to do. Rechavim was the child. The child is the good inclination. The child is the sense of excitement, the sense that a person has that they're developing. That was the elders' advice to the young king Rechavim. But Rechavim listened to the young people who advised him against what youth should really be in its ideal state. They advised him to take, to increase the taxes. The people are here to serve you. That was the message that Rechavim's young friends gave him. Came along another fellow, Yeravim. And presumably, Yeravim's message was, Rechavim, you're wrong. You should be serving the people, not the other way around. And so it seemed like Yeravim was the answer. It seemed like Yeravam was the second child. He was unlike Rechavam. He expressed the true nature of youth. The true nature of youth is there to serve, there to bring out potential for the good of others, to shine forth the light of Hashem, the light of God. That's what Yeravam seemed to express. And so in a certain sense, he's the other child. He's the second child. But the verse tells you, it wasn't so simple. Because if we go back to the book of Kings, we find the following sort of ending to the story. And that is that Yeravam took over the ten tribes and he had the northern kingdom of Israel. But he came to realize that the Jewish people still served God in the temple in Yerushalayim, in the Beis HaMikdash. And that if they would go back to serve in the Beis HaMikdash in Yerushalayim, they would return to the 
rule, to the kingship, to the control of Rechavim. That was his fear. And so he set guards on the road and he said, no more going down to Jerusalem. There's no going to the temple for the three great holidays each year. There's no doing that. And he created two calves that were now the idols of the northern kingdom. And now Yeravam showed that he was not the good inclination. That he too, the second child, who was the second child to Rechavam, he seemed to be the proper child. He seemed to express at first the proper attributes of youth. That the king should serve the people, should bring forth his potential for the good of others. That seemed to be Yeravam's expression initially. But what we see at the end was that the second child too, he too, was beneath the control of the elderly king. He too was beneath the control of the Yitzhahara, beneath the control of this elderly and cunning king. And that's the great challenge that we all face. The challenge of living either as a way of expressing, seeing life as a tool, as a means, as an experience, of bringing forth a divine light that we have within, that shines on us from above, that we can express and we can grow greater and greater. That's the good, that's the Yetzir Tov who shows up when a child first begins to sense their development in a slightly more mature way. But we also face the evil king who tries to convince us that we already are who we are. We've arrived and now we're entitled. And that's the beginning of the end. The sages tell us a person should always engage in Torah and in, 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 in earning a livelihood, he should toil in those two endeavors because the toil will make them forget sin. When a person realizes that they need to develop, when a person realizes that, then they work hard and that hard work, that sense of developing keeps them away from a sense of entitlement that pulls them to the, to the worst sins. And going back to the conversation with Rabbi Antoninus, we understand that the baby, if the baby would have a sense of entitlement, if the baby would have an evil inclination inside the womb, then the baby would not have any patience to develop. The baby would break forth. The baby would come out early before it's able to survive because it doesn't have any patience, doesn't have a sense that it's developing. It's finished, it says. Once the evil inclination would show up at the time of conception, there's no way that the baby would survive the pregnancy. It would leave too early. Therefore, the evil inclination shows up at birth. At birth, at the moment of weakness, when the child is needy, the evil inclination shows up and says, let the world serve me. But hopefully as the child grows, it begins to sense that there's a world of potential within itself. There's a world of potential in the inspiration that comes from the Torah, that comes from the divine light. And in that, the child can grow and develop into the greatest human being possible. Thank you for listening.